Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. Welcome to the Veterans Path Podcast. I'm John McCaskill, your host, and today my guest is Rob Brinzer. Rob is a former Navy SEAL and fellow U.S. Naval Academy classmate who, since leaving the Navy, has served in multiple leadership positions within corporate America and volunteers for several local charities or nonprofit organizations in Sacramento. He and his wife have four children. Rob overcame alcoholism and depression through the use of mindfulness and meditation and is thriving today. We're going to find out a lot more about Rob here in a second, but first, Here's a plug for our awesome sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Past Life. Life can change at any moment. Are you prepared? The grief a family feels upon losing loved ones is difficult enough, but the days, weeks, and months that follow are filled with stressful decisions. Past Life is a single solution, secure, cloud-based platform where funeral preparations, last wishes, will information, financial assets, business continuation information, social media account information, etc. can be uploaded to the recipients of the user's choosing. Past Life allows you to alleviate the stress and lift the fog for your loved ones, primarily by giving them a vital trove of information in multiple areas. Veterans Path podcast listeners can save 10% by using the code PATH at checkout. Learn more at pastlife.com. That's pass-life.com. Past Life. Pass your loved ones a lifeline. Welcome to the show, Rob. Great to have you here. Great to be here, John. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a long time. Uh, as I covered in the intro, uh, Rob and I are, are USNA classmates. We started as as buds classmates. I got rolled to a class behind them, and we'll go back and forth probably through for the rest of our lives as to who had the the harder hell week at buds. But uh, we all know that the winter hell weeks were the hardest. Uh, so two three eight and two three nine both get a little bit of credit there for that. Yeah. So. So anyhow, Rob, man, let's go back in time a little bit prior to your joining the Navy, prior to the Naval Academy. What inspired you to do what it was that you did? Man, that, that's, uh, that definitely is going back, uh, back a, a long time. Um, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and I remember we, we took a, a road trip down to Ocean City, Maryland, and uh, we stopped at Annapolis. Um, I, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade. And, you know, this is way pre 9-11, I'm going to say 19, 1990, something like that. And so the, the academy was open, right? You could just kind of go walk on in and we toured the place. And I remember thinking, um, now these, these, these folks here at the school, that, that looks awesome. This school looks in, incredible. I, I hear it's got a good education. And I just see, see the, from my perspective as like a sixth grader, right? I saw these big, strong guys running around and wearing uniforms. And I thought, man, that's something I want to be a part of. Um, and I really didn't give it any more thought. I kind of just made the decision. That's, that's where I want to go. Um, 
and I got you know lucky enough to to get the the whole nomination and, and stuff like that and get in. And in hindsight, I think it was a, a really good thing for me. Um, I don't really like authority. I don't like being told what to do. Um, and I have a kind of an inherent tendency to rebel against things, even if somebody says, "Hey, you should you know do X," I'm like, "No, I shouldn't," because you told me to. <laughs> Um, even though in my mind, I'm like, that's a really good idea. Um, I, I have a tendency to push back on it. And, and so for me to go out of high school and then go there, there's a lot of structure that I had and that, that structure, um, I think it kept me out of a lot of trouble. Um, and it helped me, you and me both, you and me both. <laughs> and, and it helped kind of keep me in line, um, and put me on that path to, to graduate and have uh, you know a, a good career in the Navy and I think a good follow-on career afterwards. Um, yeah. Yeah, right on. So your time in in the teams, what did that look like? Uh, and then we'll we'll get into what it was afterwards. You know, it, it it feels like a blur. It's almost like if I if somebody was to write it down and I read the book, um, and it wouldn't be book worthy. Um, <laughs> You know, I, it's almost like that looks really cool. I wish I could have done that. Like it, it's 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 a very weird sort of memory for me. It's like, um, yeah, hey, I did that. Um, you know, I went through buds and I got to work alongside some tremendous individuals that I'm still in awe of to this day. Um, so it was it was great. I mean, without having kids, it's like it from my perspective now. It's, it's is there a better job than being in the teams? Um, you, you're, you're shooting, you're jumping. How every, every day it's like seven to nine is not conference calls and email. It's PT and working out. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you later in the teams, there was a lot of conference okay. calls and emails, all right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, I totally get it, man. Uh, the brotherhood is definitely, uh, something that you will always look back on. I mean, I'm just now experiencing that on my end, having just left in, in August, retired in August. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's definitely, that blur is a great, great way to put it. Like even, even 20 years, or I guess technically 17 years in the teams, like it went by in the blink of an eye. Um, but it was a good time for sure. Uh, there were some tough times, but it was a good time looking back on it as a whole. So if we were to write a book, would have been something that you would have been proud of to read, but not, you, you, you said you don't know whether it's noteworthy. What have you done since the teams? I mean, the first thing is uh, got a family. Uh, there you so go. Four, four kids. Um, yeah, Chase is 11, Layton is eight, Lyra is six, and Adeline is two. Um, and I could really say nothing else. And that's the legacy I would want to leave, right? It's, um, I'm, proud of these kids i'm proud of um the the young men and women that they are they are becoming um they're they're just they're they're amazing and that's been the uh the highlight right i mean i can talk about jobs and work and stuff um and i will um but it's these kids right and they they are like that forcing function where i'm a better person because i have them um if i didn't have kids I don't think I'd be as good of a human being as I am because I have those kids. Um, and then my wife, and I mean, a major forcing function, right? I mean, she is, um, she's, she's a pretty amazing because she's got these incredibly high standards and she lives up to them every single day. And so I have to be on my game all the time. Um, so she's 
she's great. Um, and I respect that a lot about her. Um, even if I don't tell her as often as I probably should. <laughs> but uh, yeah. so I got, got a family. Um, I, I left the teams and started working for General Electric and had a really good transitional job. I, I uh, worked for their industrial division and, and managed uh, about 80 appliance repair technicians um, that did all the in-home appliance repair in Northern California and Northern Nevada. I did that for about seven years, went over to GE Healthcare, was a service director, did some sales work there, and then moved over to my, my uh, current company, um, RSI. It's part of CoolSys. I'm sitting in the office right now um, doing uh, commercial industrial refrigeration. So we have a great team of about 140 people here. And um, it's good. It's fulfilling. It's it's not, it's funny. It's not in you know, sixth grade. I wanted to be a SEAL. Um, I, I didn't want to particularly be working in any specific field when I got out. Um, but I find it rewarding because I got a good team. I think I do a good job. Um, leadership, taking care of the people, holding the good high standards, working alongside them, stuff like that. So it's 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 uh, it's very rewarding. It's very good. Well, something that we talk about quite often on the show is when people leave the military and you know what is what a stressful time that can be. Kind of what what a loss of identity that can be. Yeah. What was your transition like? It was tough. Um, from a, from a logistics perspective, right. You're, you, there's a lot of stuff you don't know in the Navy, right. You, if you need medical care, you have your TRICARE card and you go to the clinic, that's it. So I show up here and I get stuff taken care of. They're talking about HMOs and PPOs and managed care organizations. I don't know what any of that means. Um, they're talking about employment law. And I, I remember one of my interviews um, the hiring manager, I mean, his questions were, are you married? What's your religion? Do you go to church on Sunday? And do you have any kids or do you plan to? Right. And so now I, I right, like you never would ask those questions. Yeah. Um, but you get fired for asking those questions. Absolutely. He was old school, good guy, yeah. um, learned a lot from him. But you know, here I am coming out. I'm like, yes, sir. Here's the answers to that question, to this question, to that question. Um, and uh just a lot of stuff, a lot of ignorance. Um, looking at transitioning bank, getting a, a new bank account because maybe federal doesn't have a bank account everywhere and I got to buy a house, yeah. I got to sell a house, got to pack up our stuff. Um, so there's a lot going on, it's very stressful. And then I think you hit on something big, it was the, that loss of identity. Um, 2006, you asked me, what are you? I'm a SEAL. Yeah. Um, now you ask me, I'm me. I'm not a vice president or general manager. Um, I'm Rob, right? And I, I would still identify myself as a father and as a husband, but I don't identify myself by my job or my profession. Um, I'd like to say that happened immediately, but that took a long time. That took a, a long time to uh, figure that out. Um, so it was stressful. I, I thought it was uh, one of the most difficult periods of my life was getting out and figuring out this uh, new civilian world outside of teams. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, man. And I just went through it again, like I mentioned. Yeah. And as I was starting to transition, I was talking with some of my senior military officers and and uh, the only people that I have found that think that transition is easy are the ones who have not gone through it. So if I see some of the senior officers are like, dude, you're gonna be fine. Don't worry about transition. You're going to be fine. Just, it's not a big deal. 
you're going to get through it, which is true. Sure. Yeah. You get through it. Uh, yeah. So that, that, uh, that loss of tribe, loss of identity is a big piece, but really it's not a loss of identity. It's a, it's really finding your new identity or finding a little bit more depth to your identity. Like you mentioned, you're, you're a father, you're Rob. Um, I remember I went to parties, uh, back home in Louisiana and, and I was, you know, my sisters would introduce me to their friends and be like, Hey, this is my brother, the seal, no name, not even a name, just, yeah. Hey, this is my brother, the seal. And that was my identity. And that was my identity for a long time. Luckily, I was able to find a little bit more depth to myself prior to transitioning out. And I'm still in that discovery kind of area of my life. And I think many of us, if, if we're true to ourselves, we're continually in that kind of sense of discovery and finding out who we are every day. And with kids, it's even more so like <laughs> our kid, our kids are like mirrors for us. They're like, Hey dad, you know, they'll point out something that we're not even aware of. <laughs> we're like, Oh wow. That, that's a piece of me too, that yep. I probably should clean up. So it does make you a better person. Um, yeah. One that, that introspective work and then two having kids around or somebody around, to push you to look at yourself and see something more. So all that said, we, uh, we spoke a couple months ago and you said that you had had some, some ups and downs. Can you get into the details there and what that looked like and then how you came out of that? Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it, it, it centered around alcohol. Um, and I won't make this a a drunk log or anything like that, but, um, Looking back in hindsight, which is always clearer, um, you know, the very first time I drank in high school, I don't know, it was like 14 beers or something like that. And uh, it was a pretty bad night. Um, and that should have been a, you know, a sign as a, as an 18 year old, maybe this is something you should shy away from. Right. Um, and it, it, I think that the culture of Annapolis, right. It's, it's, uh, work hard, party hard, right? So then it just, it kind of slipped into that. It's like, you never get liberty when you do, okay, we got eight hours to go, what do you do? You drink as much as you can in eight hours and then come back. And then you're back to it until the next time you get to go out on liberty. Um, And then that rolls into the, you know, the teams. Um, But you always had, you know, we're shooting tomorrow or there's hard PT or something like that. So, or, you know, at Bud's it's like, hey, I can't really tie one on on Sunday because Monday's Monday's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Um, and so you had those, those hurdles always coming up. And so there was some sort of subliminal part of me, which is like, hold off, keep it, uh, keep it in reserve. And then you get out and realize you don't have any of that. And those, uh, the governor comes off, if you will. And, um, and it, for me, it just kind of happened little by little. And I just started drinking more and drinking more um, until I was drinking every day and getting into arguments with my wife and stuff like that. And uh, you know, it's, it, it got, kind of got out of control and, and spiraled down until it hit that rock bottom. And you know, one day I woke up and I was like, man, I, I got a problem with this. I have not been able to adjust to civilian life the way I thought I was going to. And I have a good job. I got a wife. We're talking about starting a family. I'm going to lose all of that because of a bottle. Um, so I started going to AA meetings, getting a sponsor, working through it. And, you know, the, probably the, the, 
nicest thing for me is my kids have never and will never see me drunk. And that's, that's wonderful, right? Um, took a while for me to accept that, that, you know, I can't drink. I just, I got an issue with it. If I have one beer, I want to have 10. Yeah. Um, and so I just had to kind of eliminate it out of my life. And, and, you know, how do I watch the game without drinking a beer? How do I barbecue in the backyard and not have a beer? It's not that big of a deal. And it's, it's changed my life, I, I think, for the better. But what, what's interesting was that didn't solve all my problems. That just eliminated a destructive outlet that was covering up problems for me. Um, and so at the end of it, you're left, well, here I am now, I don't have this booze to numb myself or make me forget about the problems that I got. So now I have to deal with them, right? And um, so that forced me to, for one of the first times in my life, I had to be 100% rigorously honest with myself. What do I like about myself? What don't I like about myself? And that was, that's a very hard process because I think we have the capacity to lie to ourselves about stuff. Um, and then to tuck stuff away and compartmentalize it. And there's some great benefit to that, right? You think about just going through buds or in the teams and you're in an uncomfortable situation. You just put it into a box, shut that door, throw away the key, deal with it. Um, but at some point in your life, you got to open up those doors and clean house. Um, otherwise it starts to, starts to manifest, right? Um, and so I started doing stuff like crazy, crazy stuff, like talking about my feelings, <laughs> um, which, you know, goes completely against the whole suffer in silence, right? Yeah. Um, talking about the feelings was, was difficult, still is. Um, but it, ta it takes strength to do that. It does. It's, it is. It's so hard, but it takes strength to do it. It does. It does. Um, Talking talk about the feelings, um, saying that this is difficult for me. I need a hand with this. I'm struggling with this, right? Very unfamiliar phrases for me to speak. Um, and I, I still have that a lot of times where, um, you know, I could be struggling with something at home and my wife's like, let me give you a hand. And, I, and you know, I snap at her. You know, I got it. It's fine. I don't need your help. You know, and then you know, her interview, she's like, I think you do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, puts me into that place where I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, and for, so for me now, the, the, the trick is to realize that. And that means I got to be aware. I got to be present. I got to be mindful of, of what's going on. Um, you know, I got to detach from the present situation um, and see big picture what's going on, realize I need help, realize I'm stressed, realize, hey, you know, I don't need to be angry because like this morning, right, when my uh, my two-year-old decided to take off that diaper, <laughs> make a deposit on the carpet downstairs, I don't need to yeah. be angry about that, right? That's, you know, that's a bucket and some soap and I can clean that up. Um, the trick is recognizing that then and not in the middle of the fact. Yeah, and and to get those tools so that you are able to, one, get, get healthier, but also two, to notice that you needed help. Yeah. That, that one day you said, you one day you kind of woke up and you're like, hey, I, I need help. I, yeah. I'm kind of at rock bottom. How did you, 
how did you take that first step? I literally felt, I mean, when I say rock bottom, rock bottom, like I did not want to live like this anymore. Um, I didn't want to drink and hide it and take that drink and feel like crap when I'm taking that drink and yet know it's going to, you know, it was, it was at that point where I just, it would just play out. I knew exactly how it was going to play out and I was doing it anyways. And I was just so sick of it. And I mean, it was just, I, I need to, I need to make a change because I'm not, I just wasn't willing to go on like that anymore. Um, at all. And so you hit that rock bottom where I will go to any lens necessary to change my life. Um, fortunately for me, I mean, I, I, I talk with lots of people about this and, you know, everybody's rock bottom is different and, and they're all relative to the, the individual. I mean, I'm talking with guys, their rock bottom was waking up in jail. Um, their rock bottom was they lost the wife and the kids in the house and everything and they were on the street. That's their rock bottom. And so I was fortunate enough that um, I didn't get fired from a job. I didn't lose the house. I didn't lose my family. But for me, it, it was just, it was at bottom though. You know? Yeah, the bottom for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm glad that you saw that as your rock bottom before you went, you went even further down and tr yeah. started drilling below that rock bottom to, to find it an even deeper level. Yeah. But so now you've got these tools Yeah. and and you were introduced to them via AA, is that right? Yeah, AA is, um, I can't speak highly enough about the program, right? It, yeah. it, um, it helped, it helped me get, get me on that right path. I still go, um, it's been, I've not, it's been, I haven't done as good of a job during COVID as I should because all, most of the meeting places are closed. And um, so I have not been as um, disciplined about getting to meetings because a lot of meetings are on Zoom. Um, sure during COVID as I should have, and that's something I need to do a better job with. Um, but generally speaking, it's, I'm, I'm hitting a meeting a week. Um, and that seems to be the right frequency for me. Um, but bigger, not bigger, um, supplementary to that is part of my daily routine. And that's been hit or, that, that, you know, with kids, Routine is important, but also tough to maintain. They, they do crazy things like they don't wake up when they're supposed to. Um, what? <laughs> yes, I, I know. And um, so I'll, I'll give you like the perfect scenario for me is I, I like to get up at five and like to work out hard for about an hour. And that burns off stress and steam for me. I feel better about myself. And then I usually get about an hour to an hour and a half in the morning of quiet. And... Um, I don't typically sit cross-legged and, and meditate. Um, I'm just not flexible enough to do that. <laughs> Me neither, um, man. I, I sit in a chair every morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I right. But it's part of it, you know, part of my workout, a lot of times I'm running and that's kind of like that moving meditation for me. It calms my mind, clears my mind. Um, and I just have that chance to get the day going. Um, I think about what I'm grateful for. Not every day, like right? uh, so. I'm, I definitely, I don't want to paint a picture like, yep, this is what I do every single day, and I am yeah. just mindful and rock solid. That would be, um, that would be a lie. Um, it's what I try to do and uh, what I aspire to do. And some days I just forget. Some days I sleep in by accident. Some days the, the baby gets up at three and I I'm up for a little bit and I wake up at seven thirty, shot out of a cannon in the morning trying to get stuff done. Um, but what I, what I can say is when I get up at five and I work out 
and I have some time to think and reflect. Um, the kids seem to behave better. Things go better at work. Things are great with my wife. Um, so it's, it's funny how everybody seems to do a better job when I get up early or, right? Maybe I'm in a better place to deal with stuff during the day and I don't create problems that yeah. I, I do. And I, that's definitely, that's definitely it. No, I'm hundred percent there with you, man. Um, the, the days that I, I wake up late and, you know, sure. I may have gotten more sleep, but those mornings are so much more chaotic and then that sets the pace for the rest of the day. It sets the pace and the tone. It and it does. does feel, it feels exactly like you got shot out of a cannon, man. You're, you're in a dead sleep and then you wake up because the baby's crying and then you got to get the other one to school. And I don't know, man, it's just, it's chaos. I've got two. So I can only imagine <laughs> what your household is early in the morning, it, but, no, but it, it does. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. It, it, it helps to have that gradual on-ramp, right? It's like, oh yeah. It's like, uh, you know, the interstate, if you will, literally the on-ramp, you're going from five miles an hour slowly up to 65 so that you can merge into traffic. And that's a lot easier instead of getting loaded into a slingshot and shot onto, onto the highway, which yep. would be complete chaos. And that's how it feels like if you don't spend that time yeah. and that, that, that time that you spend in the gym or working out, whatever it is you're doing in the morning, that, and if you have that quiet time, one, you get the endorphins from working out. You, yeah. you get that you get the physical benefits from working out and then two that quiet time just allows you to calm your mind and prepare for the day ahead kind of provide some clarity for yourself uh, that's that again that's my kind of ideal morning as well very similar definitely not every morning that's not what every morning looks like though so thanks for being honest because that's yeah. that is one thing I want to make sure all our listeners hear is honest stories about people's practices because it is tough. Uh, I mean, sure, sitting down and actually meditating, it, that in and of itself is not necessarily tough, but making it part of your daily routine, that's tough. And when you fail, that doesn't mean you failed. No. And if you continue to, you know, maybe you do it three, four times a week, maybe you do it once a week. Ideally, if you can work into a more routine process, then you're going to get, you're going to reap the, the benefits. But whatever, whatever your practice looks like for you, keep on doing it and don't, don't beat yourself up for, for not doing it every day, even though it should be a, a something that you aspire to. So that's important, I think, because, uh, today's a, a great example. I was pretty frustrated, um, this morning with some of the stuff that went on. And <laughs> at some point I was able to realize I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to over-exaggerate so I'm in a bad place, but I was, I was irritated and I was pretty grumpy. Um, and I took like two minutes and just kind of thought and sat and breathed for a few minutes and it all got better. Yeah. And um, that sounds like a small victory, but I think it's a big victory because that changed the whole tone of the day for me. And it was about nine o'clock. So it was about two hours of, um, I mean, 90 minutes of like grumpiness and irritated. And that had the potential to just poison and pollute the whole day. Um, and it didn't, right? Took yeah. the, literally, it was probably like 90 seconds of, just took a few breaths, thought, thought about just grateful for my kids and being around them and everything like that. And 
it was good. It changed everything. Yeah, and not just for you, but for your kids. Like, I think so. Your kids, your family. Now that you're at work, you're probably in a better place mentally <laughs> at work. And if you would come in there like pissed off, um, you know, that changes the pace for them, your, your coworkers, those who work for you, those, your colleagues. And then they go home because they're like, and Rob was <laughs> pissed off today. And then they go in a, it's, it's just a ripple effect. I, I, I mean, you and I were texting each other this morning and you were telling me the story and your, your time was perfect, man. Cause I was starting, I was at the DMV and the DMV is never a great place to, to be mentally. You always want things to work at your pace you you want things to be That's done your way yeah, yeah you're like hey come on this is this is my pace uh you know it's, it's like that zootopia part where you've got the sloth working <laughs> that's what it felt like but they, they're working at their pace they're, they have certain things that they have to go through wickets that they got to go through and you texted me what you said you're like hey it was uh, I, I had to be mindful this morning i was like oh rob this was perfect because i was getting frustrated and anxious at the same time and I took a couple of deep breaths, much like you had said, and uh, I went up to the counter in a much better place mentally than if I'd gone up to the counter without having taken those breaths. And then I probably wouldn't have got what I needed anyway, at least no faster. I wouldn't have gotten any faster. I probably would have gotten it slower because they would have been like, who is this a-hole that's yeah. <laughs> being so rude to me? I'm just going to slow my pace even more. Then that would affect you know, the next customer in line because that first, you know, the, bottom line, it's this ripple effect. And if we are able to calm ourselves, uh, we are able to be better for those around us and ultimately make life better for those around us. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing how that, that works. So uh, how's your, how are your kids from this morning? Better, better because you're in a better place. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, mean, I ended up taking that two year old to a doctor's appointment today, just a little checkup and, um, she had a wonderful time. Right. And, yeah. you know, just, carrying her around and, and uh, you know, spending time in the doctor's office, waiting for the doctor to come in, um, just playing with her. Um, and it was great. So, um, nice. yeah. And it's Friday, so better. go home and have a nice uh, night with the family. So yeah, there you go. it's good stuff. There you go, man. That's awesome. Well, uh, I'm gonna totally sidetrack here, but yeah. I think the last, last thing I saw of you, Rob, was actually a video online that that um, was shared with me, and it has you playing the piano. Are you yeah. still are you still playing the piano regularly? So so I grew up playing the piano, um, yeah. and that was a bit of a reservation when I was in high school. Do I want to you know take a hard right and go to Annapolis and have a career, um, or do I want to take a hard left? and try to have a career in music. And um, I went I went right. And um, I don't regret that for a second, but when I was getting out of the Navy, I kind of rediscovered my love for playing. And um, my wife and I picked up a piano and it was something I found I really missed because I really enjoyed playing nice. and, and practicing. And um, so when we were here in uh, Sacramento, got 2000, Eight, I think it was. I decided to go back to school at, at Sacramento State University just for the fun of it and get my uh, bachelor's in music for piano performance degree. Wow. Um, so I did uh, three out of the four years. And th did I say that my wife's a saint? Because um, <laughs> I'm pretty obsessive about stuff. And so I practice and I, I played a lot of concerts and um, I was practicing all the time. And there's a difference between listening to somebody play a piano piece 
and listen to somebody practice. You might take like one or two measures and you're playing them over and over again. Sure. 50 times, 100 times, 150 times. And, you know, I think there were times that she was probably walking around wearing ear pro. Um, <laughs> right? And um, so I did, I did it for three years and then we had a baby. Um, well, we had a baby in 2009 and it was getting harder and harder to practice. Um, I kept waking the kids up, the kid up and, you know, spending time with him versus practicing. Um, so I had one year left and um, just didn't finish it. Um, the, the school curriculum, some of the restrictions increased because it was a second bachelor's and I think money was probably at the end of it, right? But um, yeah. also it was going to take me like three or four semesters to finish two and the costs started to go up and I was like, you know, I'm not doing this for the paper degree. I wanted to go back. I wanted to meet some people and learn, you know, take some lessons and kind of get some chops back and, and play again. And I did that. Let's stop. Right. And, and yeah. so the, the, the kids kind of took, uh, took over at that point, but yeah. I did get to um, play a, a big piano concerto with um, the Sac State Symphony Orchestra, which was a really cool experience. Um, nervous as hell, like, um, you know, sitting on stage waiting to walk out and thinking, am I going to forget my stuff? And like, cause it's all from memory and very, very nervous. And, and, uh, but it was, a, it was a lot of fun. So I, that's probably the video you saw that got uh, recorded and put on YouTube. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, well, the reason I ask, man, um, you know, that's another piece that I, I keep trying to hammer home with folks is there, there are certain like pieces to mental health yeah. and, and, uh, not that I'm a genius or anything, not, not at all, but I, I've come up with the eight, what I call the eight F's, uh, like Foxtrot F's of, of mental health. And what I, I have faith, whatever that looks like for you. Should I write this down? Not necessarily. Religious. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is gold. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to it later when it's, when it's published, but I have faith, fitness. So, you know, if that's hitting the gym really hard or if it's getting up, and walking around the block, yep. family, family and friends, leaning on them, and and spending time with them, having your finances in order, food, so eating good food instead of junk food all the time, and then having fun and having something to focus on. And it sounds like at, at one point, your piano was what you were focusing on. Yeah. But you traded it in for another one of the F's, family. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, your family is your focus and that's, uh, I think that's incredible and good, good for you, man. I, I used to play the trombone. Um, and <laughs> I hadn't played it in like 10 years. And, uh, uh, when I went and did my executive officer tour out in Bahrain, I ordered a trombone off of Amazon and, you know, had it delivered to Bahrain. I was like, Hey, yeah, sweet. I'll, I'll pick this up. Like, <laughs> like it's riding a bike, but those neural pathways had long since atrophied yeah. and, and I, I don't know, I'm sure you with music, I'm sure you know, but playing a brass instrument, your lips have to be in a certain level or shape and I could not play it at I'm all. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. So I was like, this is a bad idea. So I found something else to focus on. But the bottom line is having something to focus on, something that you call your own, whether it's a hobby, whether it's family, whether whatever, having something to focus on is a huge piece. And I love I, that. I love that you had that at one point. And now you I, have the family. I agree. Um, and I need, I need something to focus on, right? Um, yeah. You know, get up and working out. 
for me, it's not enough to know, hey, this, this is good for me. What, what am I training for, right? And um, when I have something out there in the future. So remember Martin Wright from school? Yeah. Yeah, sure so he and I talk and um, he just ran a 70 mile race up in Western Pennsylvania. And um, I'm trying to talk him in. So if he listens to this, Martin, I'm calling you out. Um, I'm trying to talk him into doing a, you know, a 70 plus mile ultra with me. And um, I want to do the, the Tahoe rim one. It just, it's uh, basically oh, yeah. lap around Tahoe. I figure if I'm going to do my first ultra, why not do it at 6,000 plus feet? Um, right? Beautiful spot. Yeah. I don't know that we'll notice it much, but you know, it's, <laughs> I don't, honestly, I don't care what it is. Uh, I'd like to do it with him. Uh, we got a long history of running from back at school. Um, yeah, I remember. But I need something like that on the calendar. So I'm training yeah. for it. Um, yeah. You know, at work, I don't like to just show up and do my job. It's like, what am I, what am I shooting for? What's the long-term strategic objective of the business? Where are we going? Um, so I, I need that, that focus and kind of a, a tangible finish to a certain project. And then it's fun to kind of reassess and what's the next goal. Yep. Um, yep exactly. I think, I, I think it's very important. Um, just, and that's just personal, right? For me, it doesn't work to say, well, I'm going to get up and work out because it's good. I, I need yeah. a reason why I'm getting up and working out. What type of motivation to do it? Yeah. I, I yep. need that. And when I, when get I, it. Get that it helps my my problem and, and jenny will, will tell you this is you know oh, you want to run a marathon okay all of a sudden you're designing your entire life around running a marathon and um she goes i, I can't i can't deal with it right and, <laughs> and then i'll run the marathon i'm like i hate running i'm never going to run again now i'm going to focus on something completely different she's like how can you go from here over to here and, and <laughs> so that's something i struggle with too is moderation yeah yeah, I think I think many of us type A struggle with moderation for sure. I can't even uh, be moderate moderately, um, and, and it's, it's, which is why I can't drink. Right? I can't have yeah. I, I can't have one beer. Yep. I'm not going to drink anything, or I'm going to drink the case, and and that's yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah, um, Gary Roughhead. I was trying to remember the the, the, uh, the commandant's name when we were at Annapolis together. Ended up being the CNO years later, but. Okay. I remember when you would come across the the one MC or the intercom for those listening, and he would be like, "Everything in moderation, midshipman." And, and I was I remember thinking to myself, "He realizes he's talking to midshipmen at Annapolis, right?" Nothing. Yes. We don't do anything in moderation. Nope. That, that that does not resonate with me at all. Yeah, yeah, not at all. No. Not at all. Well, Rob, this has been a lot of fun, man. That's, yeah, man. that's really all the questions I have for you. If there's anything that I missed uh, or anything that you want our listeners to hear that we didn't cover, uh, we can we jump into that now if you're uh, if there's anything what we missed. Uh, just two things. And, and one, it's I think it's remarkable the, the bond of the teams where you and I cannot talk for 13 years. Yeah, something like that. It's been a while. <laughs> and then there's like two texts exchange and a phone call, and it feels like 2006. Yeah. Um, you know, and I got I you know a few other guys I, I keep in touch with, and it's it's exactly the same. You can go three, four, five years, ten plus years, not talk, and as soon as you catch up, it's like there wasn't a beat missed. I think that's yeah. I think that's pretty remarkable. Um, but I, I think the the just the other thing, just it's maybe to accentuate is. 
that whole idea of failure. Um, you didn't fail today because you didn't wake up and adhere to your morning routine. You didn't fail today because you got out of sorts and frustrated and, and um, took your temper out on somebody. Um, doesn't mean it's okay, but every single moment is a new one and it's, you know, you can reset and it doesn't take a lot to reset a few breaths and you got to do that anyway. So think about them yeah. and that might, you know, make it good. And that's, that's something I got to remind myself too. It's all, you know, it's like, I missed a day in my workout routine. The whole thing's trash, throw it out. I'm done working. Yeah. Out. Yep. Guilty of that. Um, Guilty. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see that it's, you know, cause when I'm working out, I have a really good diet, but when I don't work out Doritos and Oreos, man, um, <laughs> which makes no sense because if I'm working out, I should be able to eat the Doritos and Oreos. And if not, <laughs> I should be strict in my diet. Right. Um, right. And, and so I have to constantly remind myself of that, right? It's, it's, you can reset at any point. And just because I missed one day, doesn't mean that the last six months have been for not and toss them out either. Just reset and carry on, you know? Yeah. That's a great lesson. Learn, learn from your mistakes. quote unquote mistakes. Yeah. Failures. I, I, they're called failures, but they're only failures if you don't learn from them. Yeah. So, and then, uh, and then, Hey, put that one behind you and look forward, continue sure. pressing on. That's uh that's awesome. Well, Rob, uh, if anyone listening wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? My email, just robert.brinzer at gmail. Um, Easy enough. That, keep that pretty simple. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool, brother. Well, man, like I said, it's been a lot of fun catching up with you. Thanks My so pleasure. much. Thanks so much for coming on the show, sharing what you've shared with us. And uh, I, I think that your story will resonate with our listeners. They're going to learn from you. And uh, I very much appreciate it, man. Thank you, John. It was my pleasure. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, until we talk again, stay safe and stay healthy. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.